New series. Hey, hey, the dog days of summer, but how to avoid a spiritual slump. Come on now. We, it don't matter if you go on vacation or, or what you do, you got to take God with you. Well, he's not in Vegas, so I'm going to slip over there. He's not in, uh, you know, I'm not going to go there. Let's just stop right there. We got to take God with us. And, uh, you know, talking about the, 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 the dog days of summer and spiritual life. And today I'm going to talk about the good life. Amen. Is that anybody, anybody other want the good life other than me? Amen. We all want the good life. We want the best vacation. We want the best food. We want the best house. We want the best car. We want a good life. Well, God's promised us a good life. Amen. Yeah, I've got about 10 of us in agreement with that. <laughs> But, but, but how do we walk in the good life? Because most of you sitting there like, I don't have a good life, Pastor. I'm glad you recognize it because that's the start. God wants you to have it. How do you get it? Okay. And we're going to talk about that today. Y'all got quiet on me. Who needs sermon notes? Anybody need sermon notes? Wave at me. Wave your hand up. There's one there. Can I have two? How about two, three? I feel like I'm doing an auction every time I do that. Everybody got sermon notes? You're going to need them today. You need, to, you need to get a hold of the Word of God. Amen, amen. Glory, glory. Let me tell you a story real quick. This couple invited the pastor to their house. And uh, you know how the wife is. She set place setting out, and it all looked nice, and she had... To, the knife, the spoon, and the fork, and the salad fork, and all that, and the cup on the certain right side, and they had a great meal with the pastor, and the pastor left, and she's cleaning up the table, and she goes, honey, did the pastor take the spoon? I don't think he used it, but the spoon's missing. I think the pastor took our spoon, one of our spoons. He goes, I didn't see him take a spoon. Why would he take a spoon? I don't know, but the spoon's missing. I think the pastor took our spoon. A whole year went by, and she just rolled it around in her mind. The spoon, the pastor took our spoon. They invited him back to supper. They sat down at the table, and she goes, I got to ask you a question. The last time you were here, did you take one of our spoons? He goes, no, I wouldn't take your spoon, but I did hide it in your Bible. <laughs> oh, mercy. Ha, <laughs> ha. Okay, that, that's the start of the good life right there. We got to know what the Bible says, and we got to live it. Okay, I'm going to preach it all before you ever get started. But everybody wants the good life. And so uh, let's just go ahead and, and dig in. Uh, let's look at our foundation scriptures for the good life. And I'm, my favorite chapter this week is Isaiah 55. You know, it's whatever I'm preaching is my favorite. God will give you a favorite verse for the week, a favorite, favorite chapter for the week. But we're going to start at the end where it talks about the good life. This is our goal. Y'all with me? Amen. All right. It says, so you'll, and I'm going to do this in the message. So don't be offended if you're a King James only. We'll get to the King James in just a minute. But this helps you understand. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. Oh, I want a complete life. The mountains and the hills will lead the parade, bursting with song. And all the trees of the forest will join the procession, exuberant with applause. Don't, don't sit there and lie to me that you don't like to be, oh, good job. Amen. 
good job. You don't, don't tell me you don't like to be exhorted and, oh, you're doing a good job. You're doing good. Oh, man, you're awesome. Well, the trees of the field clap their hands for you. Come on. And the mountains, they lead it out. You know, it's kind of metaphor, isn't it? But listen, it says, all the trees will join the procession. And then it says, no more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. Your purpose in life is to be a monument to God. And when you become a monument to God, the good life comes with it. We chase the good life. We chase it in the wrong ways. We chase it in the wrong how. Uh, do you know that, that the people of Israel knew God was with them, but the Bible says Moses knew his ways. We're supposed to know his ways. Once we start operating in his ways, you can't help but live in the good life. I mean, I've been in, 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 in the good life for a long time, and I, when it first realized that I'm in the good life, don't touch me, anybody. Don't wake me up. I'm living the good life. Does everything always been peaches and cream and roses and candy? No. But even in struggles, I've lived the good life. I'm living the good life in here. It comes in here first. And so we have got to live the good life. And when it said trees, when I read that and it said trees, it took me back to the scripture that God gave us as a church. And Psalms 1-3 said, he shall, he, and that's us, he, we, let me say we, we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever we do shall prosper. Now, your confession ought to be, whatever I do prospers because I serve the Most High God. Come on, I'm in the family of God. I have an inheritance in God. I mean, maybe you're like me. You're not going to get a big inheritance when your parents, but I already had an inheritance when I got born again. I'm a child of God. I stepped into the kingdom of God. I love my family, but I love this family more. This is, this is I'm bought by the blood of Jesus. I'm, God's my father now. Come on. Jesus is my brother, my savior, my king. It's good to have your brother as king. Amen. Hey, he's the king of glory, and he's your brother. He's your savior. Oh, y'all quiet today. Okay. We're going to dig in. Number one, the good life comes through knowledge. We're going back to the top, Isaiah. Isaiah 55, we're not going to venture far from Isaiah 55 today. I'm going to quote some things that may not be in Isaiah 55, but every point I give you, it is in the Word of God, and we need to be digging in the Word of God, and we need to have understanding. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Isaiah 55, 1 through 5 says, Hey there, all who are thirsty, come to the water. Are you penniless? Come anyway. Buy and eat. Come buy your drinks, buy your wine and milk. Buy without money. Everything's free. Why do you spend your money on junk food, your hard-earned cash on cotton candy? Listen to me. Listen well. Eat only the best. Fill yourself with only the finest. Pay attention. Come close now and listen carefully to my life-giving, life-nourishing words. And we'll stop right there for a second. 
The Word of God is life-giving, life-nourishing. If you're not in the Word of God, then maybe that's why you're not living life and a life, having a life-giving, life-nourishing. You're not being nourished. And look, it said, come and buy. Well, how do you buy something without any money? First, it comes by desire. I don't even like popcorn. When I go to the movies, I end up buying popcorn. Because I start smelling it. I start, wow, I want them of that smells good, but I don't care if I eat popcorn. But I'll eat popcorn in the movies because they make it smell good. They make it look good. Your life ought to look good. Your life ought to smell good. And people say, what do you have? I want what you've got. That's what we're called to live in, be a monument to God. And people say, I don't know much about God, but I see them. And whoo, that's what I want. I want to be like them. I want to be like him, steadfast, faithful, and sure. I want to be like her. I need to step up my prayer life. I need to get in the Word. I need to have a confession. I need to say what the Word says about me. And the Word doesn't say that you're barely getting along and you're struggling and you're sick and you're poor and you're sorrowful. The Word says you're an overcomer more than a conqueror. Don't care what it says or what it looks like. And we, to, to get in the good life, we're going there. It comes by knowledge first. You got to have some, some knowledge of God. You know, last Sunday really emphasized a, a point in worship that God's a good God. He is a good God. If he wanted to get you, you had already been God. He's God. He's not in the getting business right now. It may be coming, but not for us. Come on, we're in the family. We're in the family. We're on his side. And if you're not sure, today's the day to make sure that you're in the family. And, 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 and it's time to go deeper. And so as we look at these things, come by. Come buy into it. And, and when it talks about drink wine and milk, wine's the Holy Spirit. Milk is the word. And you start off just like a baby. As a baby Christian, you drink the milk of the word that God's a good God, that Jesus came and died for you. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus, his only begotten son. It's the milk, but God wants you to start eating some meat. Come on, maybe a ham sandwich, you know, and then graduate up to a steak. But you know what? You got to be mature to eat a steak. A six-month-old has a struggle, (laughs) don't have any teeth. You know, and, and to give them a steak, you're going to have to shred it up, and it's just too much trouble. Let's get the milk out and give him some cereal. I know how to make a baby bottle and change the diaper. And I've been doing it even as a pastor. Okay, let me back up. Sorry, forgive me. Let me finish that scripture. And it says, uh, life-giving, giving life, nourishing word, I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you. God said, I'm making a lasting covenant commitment with you. The same that I made with David. Sure, solid, enduring love. I have set him up as a witness to the nations, made him a prince and a leader of nations. And now I'm doing it to you. Say, I'll take that. You say, well, I'm not a leader in nations, but you're a leader in your household. Come on, you're a leader in your life. Are you leading your life? Are you just, Kesara, whatever will be, will be. No, you need to take a hold of your life. You need to be the, the prophet of your life. You need to be the king of your life. You need to, to worship Jesus and follow him and take control. 
Because if not, you're going to drift and stumble and bumble and fall off a cliff. And you're going, why, God, you do this? And God didn't do it. You're drifting. So to say, today I'm taking a hold of my life. That's 25. We're getting better. It's getting better. Come on, it's getting better. I'm making a lasting covenant, the same that I made with David. And that's finishing. And he says, uh, and now I'm doing it to you. You'll summon nations you never heard of. Nations who've, who've never heard of you will come running up to you because of me, your God, because the Holy One of Israel is honored. You know what? We as a church, we give and send people so nations can run to God. It's called evangelism. It's called missionaries. We do that. We send people around the world. We support people around the world. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Nod your head even if you don't understand. Trying to help you. Let's talk real quick before we move to the next one. Our covenant with God is through the blood of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross at Calvary and shed his blood. There is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. In the Old Testament, if you messed up, and you had to go and kill something and shed its blood to get forgiveness of sins. And they put that on the altar and they sacrificed and it went up as a sweet smelling savor and you uh, were forgiven. Today, we don't sacrifice stuff. Glory be to God because some of y'all couldn't handle the bloody mess. Jesus died on the cross so you don't, and his blood is still on the mercy seat crying out that you can have forgiveness. Amen. Amen. Come on, it's in the blood of Jesus. And Jesus didn't die on the cross to leave you where you're at. He died on the cross to take you out of the life that you're in and give you his life. Now you got to get in the word to find out what his life's about. Mm-hmm. He died to set us free. Let me say this. Get a hold of this statement. To buy and to eat and to really dig into this, it's free. It's free. Everybody say it's free. free. But you got to eat it. Right. You got to walk in it. You got to receive it. And a lot of y'all leave your receivers at the house. Y'all need to bring it. I'm going to have y'all bring baseball gloves. And I said, did you catch that? And you hold your glove up. Say, I got it. <laughs> because you come and you go, oh, that was good. But you didn't get anything. But, oh, that was good. That sounded good. But it's got to, it's, the word of God has got, got to become more powerful in our lives, more real that this is what we're living in. This is what I'm standing in. And I'm going to dig on a, a little bit of things. Uh, so let's go to number two. The good life becomes by obedience. I'm going to go ahead. Do, do I need to leave now? Because, boy, we, we live in a rebellious society, if you haven't noticed. It's time to start obeying God. Come on. It's time to find out what God said and start doing it. <laughs> I went into a store and, uh, yesterday, and the Holy Spirit's talking to me all the time. And he's talking to you all the time. Maybe you're not listening. He does talk to his people. And so I'm going into this store, and this husband and wife are standing there. And she stops in the middle of the door, and she starts digging something out of the backpack. And I mean, I walk up and I'm like, trying to, trying to get a trip, just like trying to get into the store. 
And the Holy Spirit said, that's what my people are doing. They're standing in the door of salvation and they're not going in to receive the good life that I have set for them. They're standing, everybody's piled in the door. And you know what most of them are doing? If you here's the door, they walk in the door and they look back at the life they used to live. Come on. You can't live life like you used to live it. God's called you to the good life. So Isaiah 55, 6 and 7, it says, Seek God while he may be found. Pray to him while he is close at hand. Let the wicked abandon their way of life and the evil their way of thinking. Let them come back to God who is merciful. Come back to God who is lavish with forgiveness. Come on, it's time to leave the old life and your old thinking away. I, I said last Sunday what my grandma said, I found out didn't line up with the Bible. And what my grandpa said, I found out I couldn't say it anymore when I found out what it really meant. And, and so we have got to walk with the Word of God and leave this world's ways behind. And man, it pulls on us, and it pulls on us, and it pulls on us through TV. Is that what you're eating? That's what you're going to get pulled to. It pulls on us with music. If that's what you're listening to, it pulls, it's wanting to pull you back. It wants to make you stand in the door of salvation and look back at that life. No, we've got to get in the word of God and we've got to receive the word of God and start living the word of God and start speaking. In the Old Testament, it said obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience means when you sacrifice, you're repenting. Obedience is better than repenting in the New Testament. And you know, somebody said, well, I, I thought we're under grace. We can do what we want to and then just repent. Ah. Wrong answer, because there is consequences to sin. Christian, there's consequences to sin. And God wants you to, to remain. He said, come out from among them, be ye holy. It says that in the New Testament too. Be holy means doing it God's way. Well, it's, you know, we've been beat up so much in church that you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. Let me what you can do. When you start serving God, you're going to find that the good life shows up. The things that you chase, the money, the things that you chase like that house... Let me tell you, he said, if you leave all that behind and follow me, I'll give you houses and brethren and lands, and I'll give you the good life. But you got to leave all that behind. He said, come unto me, and let me show you a better way. But we still, we want to hold on. You know, I, I, I gave us a, the 10 worst words, 10. I want to do what I want to do. It's 10. I've counted them over and over. I want to do what I want to do. I know my fingers didn't catch up with my mouth. Some of y'all think, well, he can't count. I'm not going to slow down either. The best five words is what does the word of God say? What does the word say? What does the word say? And here we are. I want to do what I want to do. But what does the word say? I want to do what I want to do. But what does the word say? I want to do what I want to do. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And when you're like, I want to do what I want to do. I, well, what does the word say? You can't receive anything from the Lord is what it's saying. You have got to become more stable. I'm going to live by the word. What does the word say? This is what I'm going to do. No matter what, I'm going to live for God. No matter what, I'm going to serve God. But I want to do what I want to do. I'm going to get angry at them. I'm going to do what I want to do. Come on. Your flesh will never be satisfied 
Never. Never. Why do people cheat on their spouses? <coughs> For the thrill of it. Because your spouse has everything. There is nothing else. I mean, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, and, and whatever movie star you think, you can't satisfy them, they're ugly. Because they're not your spouse. And I'm going to go ahead, the kids out of here for the most part, the best sex are people who are married. That's what the Bible teaches. And then, but you know what? When the thrill is gone, you know, they wrote a song about it. The thrill is gone, baby. Because nothing satisfies your flesh. You can chase and chase and chase. I don't care if you drink, if you do drugs. I don't care what, if you eat. I don't care what you do. Your flesh is never satisfied. The Bible teaches we're supposed to control our flesh. It's time to get out of the doorway. See that door right over there? It's a whole new world out there. A whole new world in God. And that's where the good life's at. And, and we, we, we get saved and we stay in the door and we, oh, it's amazing to me that people will sell out to drugs and, and just take it all. I mean, I know people that have OD'd five or six times, dead, brought back to life, and go back to it. People will sell out to alcohol. They'll drink till their inhibitions are gone, and, and, and it breaks their walls down, and, and they don't even know what they're doing. But people don't want to sell out to God. It's heartbreaking. It's time to sell out to God totally and completely and give him everything. Because everything that you think your flesh wants, it's in God. Amen. Satisfaction is in God. He's the only one that satisfies. And he's calling you to a new level, a new way of life, a new way of living. And to begin to chase him and to follow after him. Mm -mm. Many believers think that, uh, you know, if I just believe in my heart, you know, if I just have a good heart about it, and, 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 and I really have, you know, I have good intentions. I'll be okay. But boy, he don't have good intentions. I'm not like him. I have good intentions. We want to judge everybody else by what they do, but we don't want to judge ourselves by what we say and do. Because we got a good heart. And I love everybody, Pastor. Well, the, you know what? I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that. Because that's hard for me to see. And God said, what's in your heart comes out of your mouth. And what comes out of your mouth is what you end up doing. Yeah. You see, it's all right. We, want, we all want and need a good heart. But your words and your actions, they show what's in your heart. And it's time to sweep that out. It's time to clean it up. It's time to put our heart under the blood of Jesus and to control our thoughts and our thinking and take control of our life. That's how you take control of your life is quit saying what you've been saying. Well, you know, I'm a day late and a dollar short. I never get ahead. I'm, I mean, I try to serve God. Well, quit trying and do it. Come on, you're going to eat lunch somewhere and God's not going to come down and feed you. Oh, Lord. But he's given you his word to feed upon. Why don't you feed upon it? I know it's a challenge. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm being, this is on fire on the inside of me because this is the good life. We want the good life. Then we got to do what it takes to get the good life. You think of, 
uh, th- this man who was probably a millionaire, he owned his own business, and he was on our board at the other church at one time years ago, and he told me a story. He said there was a man who owned the plant in town, and uh, he had the house on the hill. Man, he had it going on. Everybody said, whew. And he stood in his picture window on the house, and he looked at the city and looked at his plant down there, and he looked down the hill, and there was his gardener working. And the gardener was, you know, trimming the hedge, and he looked up, and the rich man that owned the uh, business said, if I was just like him and just had his responsibility, life would be awesome. And the gardener looked up and said, boy, if I just had his money and be like him, life would be awesome. Ah. My boss called me in the office one day, and let me show you the weight of what the man on the hill is living with. He has 600 employees in his factory. All 600 employees are expecting to be paid this Friday. You ever put a picture and a number to that? My boss called me in, and me and him, he goes, well, one side of our company, we're kind of breaking even, but our side, we're carrying the load. And he said, I just want to tell you, and I'm like, well, you know, what you going to tell me? He goes, we need $5,900 a day to keep this company going. What? Why, why are you telling me? Because I was his number one salesman. And I was a sales manager over three people. He goes, we need $5,900 a day. I'm like, dude, I'll work my fingers to the bone for you, but you're going to put that on me? I walked out of there like, I'm carrying $5,900 a day that I got to produce for this company. But it was all of us together. But I felt the weight of that. The man on top of the hill feels the weight of all his employees. Their story after story. And you think, boy, and it was like the one guy, the millionaire said, well, he said, I started my own business. I started working half days. And most of us think, four hours a day? He goes, no, sometimes at 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., sometimes 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And that's the way I worked. You see, we think that they got it made. They, they, they have worked their fingers to the bone to get there. Let me get off my horse there for a second. But you've got to have understanding. You need to be satisfied with where you're at, and God will take you places. And God will give you the capacity, the capacity of the $5,900 a day in sales. No, that's profits. That means we had to sell $59,000 a day. The, the thing about it is we look and we want to judge their life and our life. And if their life looks greener over there, maybe they're in the word or you can't see the fertilizer from here. You have got to get into the word and God will give you the good life. You got to know, know what to say when a situation comes. You got to know how to pray when a situation comes because everything you say is a prayer. We're there late and a dollar short. God said, I'll grant that. We can never get ahead. God said, okay, you can have what you say. He said that in Mark 11, 23, 24. So how strong is your faith? Listen to your lips. Okay, number three. Y'all ready, ready, ready? The good life comes by enduring. Endurance. Well, I tried it. It didn't work. You know, endurance. Come on. You, you, the, the, the pit bulls get a bad rap, but I'm going to tell you, a pit bull grab a hold of you. It's not letting go. And you need to be a pit bull when it comes to things of God. 
There's a friend of mine that he, he uses a pit bull as a catch dog when he's hog hunting. Man, man, I want about five of them around me. If I'm going into a big old hog, weighs about 300 pounds. But he takes that dog in there and it grabs that pig behind the ear and it won't let go. When are you going to take a hold of the things of God and not let it go? Because we, we try, well, it ain't working, it don't work. And I've tried that Christian stuff and it don't work. You didn't stick with it long enough. And so let's, let's read in, in, in Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. Now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just because he said my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. And religion will tell you, well, the Lord's ways are higher and more than we can understand. Eh. He's saying my thoughts are not your thoughts. Start thinking like me. Come on, start living like I want you. Do it my way. Well, I don't want to do it your way. I want to live in sin. That's the mystery of sin. You've got to take a hold of your life to not live in sin anymore. The mystery of iniquities. After a thousand, you know, Jesus is coming back. He's going to set up his kingdom for a thousand years. Nod with me if you hadn't heard that before, but just stay with me. It's true. He's going to set up a thousand year reign. And he's going to turn the devil loose after a thousand years. And there will be people who have lived under the good life of Jesus. And they will say, you know what? I don't want it. And they're going to rebel with the devil. Wow. Say, not me. I've already got my ticket. All right, all right. So my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways. My ways, says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. It still didn't say you couldn't do it. His ways are higher. That means better. Not that somebody say better. All right. Mm-mm-mm. And here we go. God's promise to us. That's not up there, but it's his. God's promise. You ready? For as the rains come down and the snow from heaven and do, and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Verse 11. Here's the promise. So shall my word that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the things which I sent it. Now, hey, get a hold of this. God has sent his word to you. Matter of fact, there is a scripture that God sent his word to heal us. Jesus is the word of God. He is the seed of God. And every promise in the Bible is yes and amen, according to 1 Corinthians. And if it's yes and amen, then we're supposed, it's, it's yes for us. Why? Well, I, I, you know, I, listen, I dealt with this back when I was 25, 24, 25, 26 years old. I started digging in the Word and find out this stuff's real. And I said, okay, I don't see this in my life, Lord, but I want this. I want this life. I want you to take care of me. I want to follow you. I want to be fed by you. I want to do what it takes for me to have the blessed life. And I got into the Word first to get this knowledge. Come on, I got understanding. Then I started saying and I started walking in it. And then it started manifesting in my life. And then I went from this job to a better job. And God took me to a better job and to a better job. 
And I was so blessed in business that I, I asked the Lord, do I need to be a pastor? Do I need to be a, a ministry? Or do I need to go into business? Because, whoo, what are you doing? And I was asked that question that week, and we had a missionaries come in, and they were missionaries to uh, Bulgaria. No, no, yeah, let me think. I don't know. I can't remember. And they were both Rhema graduates, and they were both on fire for God, and I'm helping them pick up all their stuff because they had displays and this and that. And, and the lady stopped and looked at me and said, hey, you've been asking God if you're called to the ministry or if you're supposed to go in business. She didn't know that. Know that. That was in my secret thoughts. But God is the revealer of secret thoughts and the intent. And she said, God said, you're called to the ministry. And I went, yes, sir. And I started, but I still, I still had to work. I still had to work. But I knew my focus was not to, you know, because the, the same boss that called me in said, you know, we could be doing this for ourselves. And I said, yes, we could. We could be, but I wasn't called to do that. That's right. But you know, I played with it. Because which way do you want me to go? Because, whoo, Lord. And, and, it's, and, and it all became because I was doing the principles of God. I was using my faith. And I was giving. And what helped too, the owner of our company was the biggest giver in his church and his 5,000, 6,000 members. And he was the biggest giver in the church. You talking about pushing me along, that helps me. The Holy Spirit said, you need to go sell this because you know what? He needs more money to give. What do you do to, when a man's got a million dollars, a multi-million dollars? What do you get him for Christmas? You know what we got him for Christmas? We went and took, we all took up an offering and then we went and bought people's stuff and put it in his name. This bicycle's from, from, from Mr. So-and-so and this, this baby doll. I went and had fun shopping for kids' toys. And he adopted families. We adopted families for him, which he did his own too. And he, he went, and me and him went and delivered them. Talking, that's fun. Come on, God, God will take you to places you've never been before. And so, so, so back up and look at this. For as the rain comes down and buds forth and gives seed to the sower, so shall my word comes forth. Listen to me. Your life is a garden. Just let that sit there a minute. Your life is the garden, and you are the farmer. The Word of God is the seed. And the seed always works. The seed always produces. That's what we just read. The seed always produces. It will go. What If you plant potatoes, you're getting potatoes. If you plant corn, you get corn. The seed produces after its own self. That's in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. But if you planting griping and complaining, you're going to reap griping and complaining. You have got to change what you say and start believing God and finding the promises in his word and put them in your mouth. And he'll give you things that are from God and you'll go, okay, I know this, Lord. But your joy that you have will overflow into somebody else. So you see, when I was probably about Mm, 11, 12, 10 or 11, my grandpa planted an acre of potatoes. An acre's not that big. Yes, it is when it's potatoes you got to dig. And I'm out here, what are we going to do with all these potatoes? And, don't, don't, and I'm sitting there griping like, what, what are we going to do with all these potatoes? Why do he plant all these potatoes? And don't, don't lie to me like you don't do that at your place you work. Why are they doing that stupid stuff? 
They're making us do this. They're looking at the big picture. He was in the charge. He was the farmer. He's in looking at the big picture. I'm just a digger. I'm just digging, and I'm sweating, and my brother's trying to get out of it. Can we get some water? Nope, no water. Keep digging. And one of my great uncles out there helping. He said, tell them when we was in prison, they at least gave us some water. Anyway. But, but we dug those potatoes. We put them in a, a barn, and, and then you know what he did with them? He started giving them away, and then he started trading potatoes to people who planted stuff that he didn't plant. And he planted just about everything. I'm like, what else is there under the sun that we don't grow here? And, and, but he was trading potatoes, blessing people with potatoes, and, and, and giving them away. God, you're a garden, and God wants you to flourish. He wants you to be that monument. When people look at your life, they're going, Ooh, I want to be like them. I want to have what they have. I need that Jesus. I need that Jesus. I need that joy. I need that peace. I need that I need, I need that supply. I need the money. Let's just get real. The Bible teaches you how to handle money. You hadn't been doing it right if you don't have money. The Bible teaches you how to be married. We do marriage on the rock. The rock is Jesus. It's God the Father, Jesus, then your spouse, and then your children. Got to get the order right. We're supposed to be diligent with what God puts in our hands, our talents, our time, our money, our family. There's an order to everything in God. And it's not that he's trying to steal anything from you. He's trying to enhance it and make it better. Come on. He's the flavor on the potatoes. Come on. He's the seasoning. He's the hot sauce on your taco. God's going to inflavor your life, and God wants you to have the best life. And religion will tell you you're supposed to be poor. That came out of the dark ages. We're talking about where only the priests and the kings could understand the Word of God, and they read it like, you're supposed to be a servant. And that's Hinduism. That's just your karma in life. You can change your karma in life. God, Jesus sent, God sent Jesus to change the karma of your life. This is the way our family was. Well, God wants to break that family curse. God wants to change your life. God wants to change you and make you new. This is not the way we are. If I was the way my grandmother was, my picture would be in the dictionary, the greatest warrior in the world. Greatest warrior. Hers is there. I think she got finally beat out, you know. I mean, she would hear something, and I mean, did y'all hear that? Somebody must have got hurt. That's a, that's a medevac. We live 15 miles from the Army base. It's, it's Army helicopters. And nobody, you know, nobody had a wreck out here in the country on this dirt road. But always thinking the worst, always believing for the worst. When God's called us to believe for the best. God, through David, said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging, begging for bread. It's time to get righteous. We are righteous. Already, it's free. But it's time to start acting like it, speaking it, walking in it. God's called you to a higher level. God wants you to live on, a, on another level. And when you get there and you get just, just about the time you're on that level, and man, everything's feeling good, he's going to go, wait a minute, let's do another one. And I'm like, okay, I, I got to learn how to live here now. And then he wants to take you to another one. Some of the greatest people in the world that serve God, you've never heard of. They went several levels. 
And all they did was pray for our nation, pray for your city, or pray for this country. They believe for revival. So you're going to get out of the door? Are you going to step into the good life? Quit hanging out in the door of salvation and glancing back every now and then. Uh-uh. God wants you to move forward. The only reason to go back is to testify. Well, I've been delivered from that. I know exactly what you, I know what you're going through. Come on. Come on, come through the door with me and let me show you. That's that monument talking. We're that monument for God. Bow your heads today. If you have never given Jesus a, a, a thought or made him Lord of your life, today's the day to make him Lord. And if you don't know him for the first time, you've never asked him to come into your heart for the first time, will you lift your hand? I see your hand. Anybody else? What really this message is about, maybe you're sitting here and you're like convicted because you haven't been in the Word and you haven't pressed forward and you've been standing in the door. And it's time to move forward in God. God loves you. He's wanting you to press in. He's wanting you to put the Word of God in your mouth and to have Him in your heart and on your mind all the time. Listening. But getting into the Word will change your heart and change your mind and change your life. And the blessings come. To where you're blessed to be a blessing instead of just trying to survive. I want you to make that commitment in your heart on your own today. But Lord, I'm going deeper. I'm going further. I'm stepping in. I want more. I want more. Y'all, let's pray this together. Say, Father, I need you. I need you more and more. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me that I could have the good life. Open my heart and my mind to your word. Let your word renew my mind, my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look at me just for a second. The promises of God are yes and amen. If I went down the row, every row, and asked, what, what, what promise are you standing on today? A lot of you go, oh, no, no. Get a promise every day. Do it all week. Have something in your mouth from the Word of God that will bring peace and joy and life to you. Matthew 8, 17, Jesus bore my sickness and infirmities. As it is written, it was written in Isaiah 53. You kind of do a little digging. You get some understanding, some knowledge comes. Then you put it in your mouth. And you go, I don't know what's going on with this hand, but I'm telling this hand has got Jesus bore the pain in this hand. And it's time for this hand to be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. I know that Jesus died that I could have perfect peace. He said, my peace I leave with you. So, Lord God, I'm not worrying about this situation. It is a big problem in my life. And I, am, and I have been concerned about it. I have been worrying. Today, I cast my cares over on you. And when you wake up in the morning, it's on your mind. Say, nope. 
Lord, I'm cast my cares on you. I can't fix it, or I would have fixed it six, you know, a year ago. But I cannot fix it. But see, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. When you allow the Holy Spirit, and when you start speaking the word, Memory said, my word shall not return void. It will accomplish. People say, you can't make God do what you want to do. No, we're saying what he said. Man, it's never more fun when my grandkids say what I say and they act like I do. I'm like, Lord, in mercy, I got to be careful. They're acting and they're saying what I say. God wants us to say what he says. He wants us to act like him. If you hadn't figured that out, he wants you to, we, he, Jesus said, I don't do anything but what I see the Father do. And I don't say anything but what I see my Father say. That's what we're supposed to do. What would Jesus say? What would Jesus do? What does the Word say? I'm not going to do what I want to do because I just go get in the bed and cover up. Go live in a cave till Jesus comes. He didn't call us to do that. He said, live and I'll bless you and I'll follow you. I'll give you favor. I, I will come upon you. I will anoint you. And I will open doors for you that no man can shut. Come on, it's called the favor and the glory of God. So, before we turn our screen to the screen and the announcements, I want you to say, I just want you to give the Lord a shout this morning. One, two, three, shout. That's good. The good, the good life begins with a shout and a smile on your face. Come on. If I just told you that I was giving you a million dollars, you'd do a little jig. Well, I just did. The Word of God is worth billions and billions. The Word of God is the only thing that satisfies. 